Hello and welcome. This is Story You Talk Radio, and I am your host, Coach Debbie, and I'm here with you every Thursday, 4 o'clock Pacific Time, 7 o'clock Eastern Time, and pretty darn late over there in Europe, but thank you for all of you who are subscribing to the show, Story You Talk Radio. I help first, second, and third-time authors move that book they've been thinking about from their brain, from their heart, and down onto the printed page. I have lots of experience. I used to teach literature at the college for a couple decades, and I had loads of fun there. But I decided one point it was time to branch out, be an entrepreneur, head to the radio station, and open up my own gig. So that's what I got going here. And I love welcoming you to join me and to call in with your questions, to subscribe to the newsletter, because what I'm finding is there's a lot, a lot of people in the world that have a book on their mind. Some people have decided, well, maybe I'll just keep it to a blog size. But you know, you're not doing much different than writing a book. If you want to know more about that, we can talk. I find that people dream and dream and dream and dream about writing a book. And then they finally, finally decide, all right, I've been dreaming for a decade. Let's go. Let's try this out. And in the same year that we have that conversation, they write the book, they finish the book, They edit the book, they publish the book, and they tour with the book. It takes a lot more time to hang out with your dreams than it does to actually get to work and put it in print. Now, if you haven't been thinking about the book for a long time, well, that's a little different. But if you have, I can help you, and I would love to help you. My website is www coachdebbie.com, and Debbie is spelled D-E-B-B-Y, coachdebbie.com. And we talk here a lot about what it means to be an author, especially what does it mean to be on a heroic journey and be authoring your book, to really feel called. If you were with me last week, we talked all about that notion of answering your call and also what it feels like when you refuse it and put it away for a few years, how you get back to it once you've walked away. And what I really love to encourage people in is that sense that you can go to school and study how to write from now until the end of time. I'm not against that even. You can do that. But at the same time, if you're someone who knows, I don't have that much writing experience, but I really feel, I really, really feel the story in me bubbling up. There is no reason why we can't get that story on the printed page. No reason at all. So you just might be my soulmate client if that sounds like you. Today, I'm really excited to bring to you a guest. 
it's not every single show that I bring a guest on. In fact, it's pretty rare because in my old age, I get pickier and pickier all the time. But I had this wonderful thing happen. I was just hanging out, perusing Facebook like many of us do. And my friend Pam Grout was was supporting a campaign through Indiegogo for the book uh, that will be coming out fairly soon called No Matter What, I Love You. But I recognized right away, this is the I Love You More lady. They're standing side by side. And I was just so thrilled. I I was so moved. And I jumped up and took right action. And guess what? Laura Duxter is here today. And she's going to be talking to you about being a storyteller for children, being an ambassador of love. Because, I mean, think about it. Kids, they relate to our words to some extent, but they really, really relate to our energy. When you make that, that dedication, when you follow that call to action that you have stories for kids, you live in this particular wavelength of just openness and lovingness. And I think it's where we all began. I really, really do. I think it's the origin of every person on this planet. And I know from my own personal experience how easy it is to get far from that. But there are people like Laura Duxta who bring us back to the voice that children know so well. And it really speaks, too, to the child that is still within us and to that ease and simplicity that is maybe a little cluttered up, but still within us. So without further ado, I would love to welcome Laura to the show. How are you today, my friend? Hello, Debbie, my soul sister. (laughs) (laughs) So lovely having connected with you this week and being with you here this evening this afternoon depending on where we are in the world Mm, thank you thank you so much for saying yes I mean it it was only a week ago and a lot of other people get to him and ha and think and and schedule and reschedule for months on end but we just decided let's do it and I really appreciate you for that yeah when this came when our connection came through Pam Grout that's one that we say yes too. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I, For yeah. the listeners, I hope you know Pam's work. She is the author of E Squared and E Cubed and about 20 other books I want you to check out. Wonderful, wonderful Hay House author and started out as a, a travel author. But when I saw the two of you online standing side by side, I thought, let's let's talk about this campaign. Let's talk about being here for the kids and for the kids within us. So first of all, I don't know if I told you this, but oh, when I was about 20, I, I, I said publicly that I would be a, an author for children. And I haven't done it yet. So, so you are also here for me as well. You're, you're going to inspire me to do it for sure. 
I'm ready. I'm happy, I'm happy to serve as that inspiration. Let's do it. <laughs> good, good. Well, let's talk about your your challenge, your inspiration, wherever you would like to begin with us. You know, that the, the day came when you said, this is going to be a book. Can you take us back to that? Um, I think I'll take you back a little bit further to you start. Bet. Give me the abbreviated Cliff Notes version. But Debbie, when I was seven or eight years old, I learned two things in Sunday school that they were teaching me. And it was that Jesus was teaching that we're all brothers and sisters. And because of that, whatever they were saying, I don't know. But what I heard in my heart is we're all brothers and sisters. Because of that, we're meant to love one another. There's no room for hate. We can like or dislike somebody's actions or their beliefs, but we're one human family. And Jesus didn't care whether we were Christian, what our religion was, what our nationality, race, how much education, money, where we lived in the world, that we were brothers and sisters and that we were meant to love one another. And I just heard that message in my heart. And I was like, one day I'm going to travel the world, meet my brothers and sisters and share the message of love. And I was a crazy child, but thankfully so. And I would walk miles around my town, around the beach, from town to town, singing the song, Love is in the Air. And, And then I lost my hair at the age of 11, my long brown wavy hair to a condition called alopecia areata. And I didn't realize that it was all connected back then. But that experience, I had a fabulous radio call today earlier. And I said, I, you know, I always say that I became so introverted. So I would describe it like a turtle. But what I realized today was it's, it was more like my cocoon. Mm-hmm. Like I went inside for years I wore wigs for 19 years. I wouldn't look at myself in a mirror for 10 years without a wig on. And I was, that was my cocooning time. But I got an even deeper awareness of love and understanding and empathy and compassion for others and for myself. And it was absolutely, I believe, you know, on purpose, um, divine intervention. And then I had the idea for I Love You More. And I was a bartender in South Beach. And one night I was praying for my sister who was going through a hard time in her marriage. And she, I wasn't, I wasn't in town. She called me to say that she was, that they had gotten in an argument. And usually I would drop everything and go over there. Mm-hmm. I couldn't because I was out of town. And that night I found myself praying for her. And I said, oh, this is strange. I don't really pray like this anymore. Like a real dear God, please watch over my sister. She could use your help. Mm -hmm. And as I did, a voice clearly answered me and said, your sister's fine. Pray for your nephew. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, this is even stranger. And as I did pray for my nephew, thankfully I listened. And as I began praying for my nephew, the whole idea for I love you more poured through me. Um, that real experience of divine inspiration, like white light energy, um, just flooded my being. And I got up and pulled out a piece of hotel stationery and started writing the idea down. And a friend woke up and said, what are you doing? And I said, I'm writing a children's book. (laughs) Uh, So that was the beginning of it. 
I, but it was not the end. <laughs> no, not the end at all. And so many journeys begin with a really harsh and personal start. And then they they send us to the the Starbucks napkin or the hotel notepad or, or yeah. something when it finally really starts to to germinate. Um, and and I, I really love that you took action. You know, you didn't let that go by. Right. You didn't. Well, I'm so, yep, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I want to hear. I'm so glad that I, you know, one, that I listened to that voice rather than getting startled. But I think when it's that kind of voice, you do listen to it, right? And, um, but it, it took me a while to pull, I kept telling everybody, I'm going to write a children's book. I'm going to write a children's book called I Love You More. I had never aspired to be a children's author. I hadn't, I didn't, what wasn't remembering that thought that I had when I was a child that I was going to travel the world, meet my brothers and sisters and share the message of love. I didn't reconnect to that thought until after I put my book in the world. But I talked about it for a while and then I finally pulled the paper out and I'm talking about like a year. So you say that you declare that you're going to be a children's author. I think a lot of people have that desire and sometimes it's just not the right time. And so it was a year later that I really pulled the paper out and I looked at it. And given how it came through, you would think that I would just be typing it into the computer to send it off to the publisher for it to be a number one hit. But I looked at it and it was very specifically written from my nephew. So it was things like, I love you more than Barney. I love you more than my golf clubs. I love you more than radishes because he happened to be a four-year-old who loved radishes. Mm. I love you more than gung gung because that's what he called chocolate milk. <laughs> um, so it's really interesting because um, yeah, I, I do a lot of school programs and so many students, when they do a paper, they want it to be one and done. You know, like they think like, okay, here it is. <laughs> I've done it. But even this most inspired idea, I knew that I needed to edit it. So I worked on it, worked on it, worked on it until it was perfect. And then I showed it to my mother, who was a kindergarten teacher for 38 and a half years. Uh-oh. She said, you're off to a good start. Oh. And she swear she said, and not, but she said, and not every children's book needs to rhyme, but I really think this one should. And I just hadn't thought to make it rhyme. To be honest, I was a single bartender in South Beach, Miami. <laughs> And I know one of my bartending friends is watching live on my um, Facebook Live um, some 25 years later. I wasn't that familiar. Besides the books that my mother had shared with me, I wasn't super familiar with children's picture books. And so I hadn't made it rhyme. And I was like, oh, mom, you know. I didn't come to you for, you know, you know, for for you to correct my work. I was just showing you my finished product. But I considered what she suggested and then went back and rewrote the whole thing. And if people are familiar with my book, um, you know that it is done in a flip format, meaning it begins from both sides and reads to the middle. We say like love, it never ends. And it also represents the giving and receiving of love. But when I first wrote it, it was not like that. It went mother, child, mother, child, front to back. And after I had made it rhyme, my sister suggested, I think if you pulled out the mom's story and pulled out the son's story and had the meat in the middle and made it a flip book, the children would really love that. And I really loved that idea, so I wanted to do it. So 
that meant that I needed to rewrite the whole book because now I had just spoiled all the rhyme. So it was, and I love the fact that it was a co-creation between me, spirit, God, the universe, and my first editors, which happened to be my mother and my sister. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, so. the most beautiful things that often come to be have the, the little nudge and love from those who know us best. But, but you stayed with it. You stayed with it. And this is so good. This is exactly what people need to learn is that you're, you're not necessarily born a children's author. You're, you're called to do it. So we're going to talk more about this and other topics, and we're going we're gonna to tell you that phone number since I skipped over it when we come back. Stay tuned. Are you ready for something real, raw, upfront, and honest? Then tune in each Wednesday at 2 p.m. right here for Love from the Hip. I am spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and the host, Sakura Sutter. This show is unlike anything you have ever heard and was created to help others to help themselves. Hear me follow up with guests I have hypnotized and see how it has improved their lives. I will also spotlight amazing people from around the world. Their skin tips, live readings, and answers to life's burning questions. Join us each Wednesday at 2 p.m. Hi, this is Lisa Downs, host of Reigniting You, the show that takes a positive, forward-looking approach to mid-to-late career transitions for Gen Xers and Boomers every Wednesday afternoon at 3 o'clock Pacific. Whether you're looking to stay in the traditional workforce, do your own thing, or retire or semi-retire, Reigniting You is your source for career transition advice, inspiration, and insight for what's next in your career and life. Join me Wednesdays at 3 o'clock to get re-energized, recharged, and reignited. Don't let that herd mentality lead you off a cliff. We support thinking for yourself on Alternative Talk 1150. And welcome back. This is Story You Talk Radio. If you're just tuning in, I'm having the wonderful pleasure to speak to the ambassador of love. She calls herself, and I understand why. All you have to do is gaze at her beautiful blue eyes and you just feel all that love pouring back at you. We have Laura Duxta here today from Florida. She is a children's storyteller, author. She goes to schools and speaks. She inspires and she delights in that really, really sweet, loving message that so many of us heard a lot more when we were little <laughs> than than we necessarily do in the in the rat race of our big adult lives and we need people like Laura that bring us back to that original message that was here for us she is so well known for that book i love you more and i can tell you i remember many times walking into bookstores and seeing that book showcased and and then going to baby showers. And that was often, often a gift that was brought, sometimes even in place of cards or things like that, where we would all sign them. And 
It was. It's just a beautiful, beautiful thing that she is doing. Thing, me and my great vocabulary here. Beautiful thing she is doing. I want you to have the chance to interact with Laura as well. If you have a question about authoring or just about talking with your kids or being present with love or anything else you want to talk about, why don't you give us a call here? We're at one eight 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 two nine eight five five six nine. One eight 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 two nine eight five five six nine. When you call in, Eric will take your call. He'll make sure you get to me and to Laura. And if you're just willing to be patient and be on hold for a second, we will take your call for sure. So we were learning a little bit about how that first story got going. And I would really love to learn just a little bit more about doing the writing for kids. You were saying, Laura, that your mom had been an inspiration and said that maybe some rhyming should take place. And you carried, you carried out the critiques, whoever they were from, very, very well. Very successful books. Probably sold, I would guess, a million copies or upward at this point. And I, I'm just curious, you, the writer, how did you feel while you were writing the book and, and sort of mulling over, this is going to make me an author for children? What was going on in your heart? Um, that's an interesting question, Debbie. And I think that I knew that this book was meant to be in the world the way that it came through. And I think that I didn't spend as much time thinking about that I was going to be a children's author as that there was this message of love that I was gifted, that I was meant to bring into the world, and that I was going to fairly unexpectedly actually bring it into the world through a children's picture book. Um, I'll go back too, because I think a lot of writers have something like this happen to them. And um, a gentleman I worked with recently um, said that our our gifts and talents, our genius are is often in our wounds. And I remember very clearly, and it wasn't after I, I did the book, that I realized that how significant I had made mean my first bad grade. I got it in the second grade. It was a P minus in penmanship from Mrs. Erickson. Um, Up until then, kindergarten and first grade, I was pure genius. Mm -hmm. I remember actually, I remember (laughs) sitting with Danny O'Gorman and Norma Shaw in the corner while all the other peons played. We were assigned extra work because we were so smart and we thought we were, not that we thought we were so great, but I I remember that. And then I got a P minus in penmanship from Mrs. Erickson and I made that mean that I was a bad writer. I didn't connect or really understand at that age that I write messy, which I sometimes do when I'm writing cursive. The odd thing is, is that she was, she's still to this day, and I have a very unusual last name, is the only teacher that has ever found my book 
from my home state of Massachusetts and called me and asked me to come up and do a fundraiser. And I couldn't wait to go. <laughs> I was like, Mrs. Erickson. And she's like, call me Martha. I was like, Mrs. Erickson. Um, but for all through my college years, I thought I was a bad writer. Even when I would get A's on exam, essay exams, A's on papers, I had a total disconnect with my writing. So that was just really interesting to me because I think sometimes um, what the things that we f- even feel most passionate about, we also feel stuck in. Mm-hmm. And so um, I didn't know that I was going to I probably couldn't even own at the time still that I was going to be a writer. I just knew that I was going to put this message of love in the world. And then the beauty that I found in writing the picture book and then reconnecting to so much beauty, but reconnecting to that mess, that vision that I had when I was a child was that my book, you know, now in seven languages, but it was so interesting when we first published it, People would say, oh, I'm sending this one to Alaska. Oh, I'm sending this one to Malaysia. The first person that bought it was a a captain on a Saudi Arabian prince's boat. I was living in Fort Lauderdale, so it was a very international community. So we had created the possibility of generating the conversation of love around the world. And, you know, as a child, I had said that I wanted to travel the world and meet my brothers and sisters and share the message of love. And even though I still to this day mean that I want to do that physically, my book and its message has reached and can reach so many more hearts, homes, and classrooms than I can um, physically. The other part of that is in the writing of the children's books. And I really want to become an advocate and a champion to have even more people know that picture books aren't only for young children. They're for the child, the inner child inside of all of us that needs to be nurtured and loved and hear simple messages like this, often even more than our young children do. But it's it's wonderful when it happens together. So what I realized in writing these books is that not only do I get the message to the young children, but that I get the message to the parents, grandparents, teachers, preachers, aunts, and uncles that are reading the book to the, to the young ones. Oh, for sure. For sure. When you're doing, when you're doing something that is, like you said, it's just all straight about message. You know, a, a lot of people set out and say, I'm going to be an author. I'm going to figure out how to be an author. But I actually, I'm a huge fan of this other approach where we take action because we know exactly what this message is that's speaking to us in, I think you use the term, during our introversions. And I really Mm. like that. It's almost like we're cocooning you know, we're in the transformation. I find that so many people that are successful are putting less emphasis on, I've got to be a writer, and so much more emphasis on, I feel called to share this message. I feel called to bring people together. And they know that the binding of it, of it all, you know, is love. I I feel like so much of what you're doing here is you're you're helping children 
regardless of where they are, as well as their parents and their grandparents, regardless of what color they are, regardless of what abilities they have, you're helping bring people together. And did you know your books were going to do that when you were thinking about your message? Um, I guess I, I did feel like this was a large message because of the way that it came through me. It just, it felt like, you know, God or creator's love pouring through me. And, um, but it, and yeah, I, I have a big vision and I, mm -hmm. my vision is bigger than the book has gotten yet. Um, I really, and what, um, I'll share that. A couple of years after I had, we originally self-published I Love You More, and a couple of years after um, I was driving in Massachusetts, I don't know if it was that same trip with Mrs. Erickson, it may have been, and I was listening to one of my favorite ministers, um, Michael Beckwith, out of Agape in mm. Los Angeles. I was listening to one of his CDs in my car, and tears started pouring down my face. It was like it was, it was like it was, there was a, a storm inside my car. I had to pull off the side of the road on the highway and I heard, and I, I didn't know what had been said, what I was feeling, but I was like overcome with that um, feeling of, of spirit and love again. And I heard that same, I call it my God voice say, your book is really a message of love between God or creator and child, but the relationship that everyone would understand is mother and, and child. Mm. And, you know, for anybody that's not familiar with the book, it's on one side, the child asks, how much do you love me? And the responses are things like, I love you mightier than the mightiest wind ever blew. I love you fuller than the fullest moon you ever knew. I love you brighter than the brightest star ever shown. I love you more, so much more than you've ever known. And then when you flip it over, the mother, mother of the world, um, mm -hmm. universal mother, God creator, asks the child, well, just how much do you love me? Mm -hmm. And the child's responses are more kid-like. I love you quieter than the quietest caterpillar ever creeped. I love you further than the furthest frog ever leaped. I love you bigger than the biggest bubble ever blown. I love you freer than the freest kite ever flown. And I just feel like if we, once we harness and experience that depth of how truly loved we are, it will erase the fear and really cause a, like a brighter and I don't want to say better, uh, a brighter, a blessed, uh, a brilliant world. Um, so right. I, I feel blessed that I'm, you know, helping access that. Well, you are, you are, you are making it brighter and you're, you're into that, that primal love, you know, mother to her newborn child. And that, that just doesn't go away. You know, it, it doesn't get shown the way we want it to on certain days because our lives get cluttered and this and that. But that that nurturing love. I mean, I was just on the phone with my mother today and you would have thought I was five because I, I think I have to get a, a steroid shot in my shoulder joint and I'm scared out of my mind. So who do I call? Mama. You know, there was there was no stopping it. I called her up and went, 
Mama, oh gosh, you know, what the hell? Can you come? Can you fly out? <laughs> you know, I know it's only a 10-second shot, but... And she, she just, you know, she went right back to being exactly what I needed her to be. And she said, now, now you know how to call on your emotions and, and be brave when you need to be brave about things. And a needle is no different. I mean, I was taking it all in. I'm like, oh, I don't know. I don't, but because that, that five-year-old, she can she can still live inside my my five-year-old has not graduated into accepting that needles will not you know be the end of time for me so my mom just cleverly walked me you know right off right off the ledge and back into real life today and I'm so grateful for it and yet it's it's that kind of love that we find in your books it's it's that instinctual Speak up now. Speak to the one that needs you now. Say it all now. Don't hold back now. That is all in these books. And I'm sure it is in the one that will be coming out in May 2021. So I'd love for you to tell us about that. Yes, and I want to just share um, something about what you brought up and your ability to reach out to your mom and that (laughs) she is nurturing and loving and still with you. Um, You know, so many people are blessed with a relationship like that. And there are so many people that do not have that relationship. So what I found with my books, um, my, you know, my first book, I love you more. The next one, you are a gift to the world. Um, which has the characters of a father and daughter throughout it. And then my um, newest book that's published, I'll Hug You More. I say, if the conversation of love is already present in your home, then this just complements it. And it's, you know, a wonderful addition and it amplifies it. But where there's homes where the conversation is hard to have or it's not there, this can have it be present, whether or not you have it with your family or you have it, you know, with yourself and, um, just by reading the book and bringing it into your heart. Um, yeah, and that's a really so. good distinction. It really is because I, I think it's very, very common as we grow older and we might not have the exact relationships we want or anything close to it, we start to wonder if we were loved. And, and I, I can tell you, after being with someone who had to give her child to new parents, I've just so often seen that a mother's love, whether she's able to create the relationships she wants with her children or not, it is one of the most incredibly natural things there is. And, and it, it is just natural to love a baby. It is so natural. And I, th- I think there are many, many people that feel it without any ability to claim, how do I create a relationship with it? And as sad as that can be, 
it is so wonderful that books like these come to be and to help guide the adults and the children to a place where love seems possible again. I think Mm -hmm. that's one of the greatest gifts of anyone that speaks to children. Now, here we are in our, we're entering almost our third segment of the show. I don't have a single question from anyone. And I know that's because you're just sitting there in awe, but I'd really (laughs) like you to send in a little question. I'm going to give you a commercial so you can get going on that. And we're going to be right back. Awesome. Hi, this is Marilyn Milano. If you love animals, then please check out my new show, Love Has Many Faces, Tuesdays from 9 to 9.30 a.m. right here on Alternative Talk 1150. I'll be talking with rescue groups, animal advocates, and other organizations that help animals, sharing their stories, and giving our listeners some tangible ways in which they can help make a difference. That's Love Has Many Faces, Tuesdays at 9 a.m. right here on Alternative Talk 1150. Raising awareness, touching hearts, and saving animals' lives. Disability is not inability. A person's ability may be different, but still an ability. No matter one's race or age, no matter one's physical or mental condition, we all have limitless possibilities. For more than 100 years, Easter Seals has helped the one in four people with disabilities in America live, work, learn, and play. I'm Angela Williams, CEO of Easter Seals. Visit EasterSeals.com to help. Alternative Talk, 1150 on AM, 98.9 HD3 on HD, 1150kknw.com on the web. And welcome back to Story You Talk Radio. If you're just tuning in, I'm talking to the author of I Love You More, and here's one of my favorite titles, You Are a Gift to the World. Oh, what a wonderful thing to hear anyone say. I'm talking with Laura Duxta. She is in Florida, USA, and she's poured her heart into offering messages via children's books, but they're really for us all. And Laura and I were talking during the break about this notion that As she put it, the world is hungry, hungry for love. I know when all of this began, Laura, um, I don't even like to say the word anymore, but when when the pandemic began in, in March, my phone started to ring off the hook. And people were saying, oh, I got to get in for coaching or I got to do my writing or I, I feel like there's very little time left. And there was, there was this massive rushing um, that I wasn't feeling yet. And maybe it was because I worked so long at colleges where every now and then we would have some sort of crisis. The last one I remember us getting through was called H1N1 or N1H something. And, and you know, half the campus was gone with a virus and all these rules and all these regulations. And then, God forbid, there were times when you'd have to deal with guns and really, really, really scary stuff. So so when this pandemic came, I just thought, ah, here we go again. (laughs) 
but little did I know. And I, I just lately, especially when I came to understand, at least in Seattle, we're really locked down again, mm-hmm. that it was, it's going to be me and my real sweet boyfriend, but not his kids, not my folks, mm-hmm. not my brothers, not, and, and that's sad to me. It's sad to me. So when you said there's a hunger, there's a hunger for love, I know what you're talking about, and I know the listeners are talking about, and I love what you said about the snow globe. Is there anything you would like to say to our listeners about this hunger? Yeah, well, you know, just in your sharing, too, what I heard is that sometimes we need to miss things in order to know how important they are to us. Mm-hmm. So we there's always as many gifts and blessings as there are drawbacks to situations. So if we start looking for what are the gifts and asking what are the blessings that are coming from this situation, I think what's happening is that we're realizing how important connection, our loved ones, our you know our friends, our colleagues, and, and what's important. Um, so you know maybe it's not you know the newest pair of sneakers, but it is time with our loved ones and when we don't get to have that how much we you know crave it so I think the like I said you know it's kind of like a big snow globe and the world's being uh shaken and asked to wake up um and that's from um um it's just it it just feels like the time that we're in right now so Mm -hmm. uh that I'd love to share a little bit about my new book and I Oh, what I feel about this message, um, what I'll share is that I love you more. Just going back to I love you more for a minute. After I had the idea for the book, it was still a while before we got it into the world. That book has been in the world for 19 years now. It was September 10th, 2001, that we packed up the original prints and sent them off to print. And I was on a coaching call on September 11th um, with my, my, my coach at the time. And her husband was saying, you know, you need to get off the phone. And my sister was saying, you know, I think you should get off the phone. Not knowing what was going on, my coach said that there's nothing that's more important than this book right now. Yeah, right. (laughs) You know, we got off the phone. And even though what was going on, you know, was September 11th, um, there, I said, well, now more than, you know, we didn't know if we were going to go forward with it because you just standing in that day, we didn't know what our world was going to look like in three weeks or three months. But we say, well, now more than ever, the world will need our book and its message of love because the fear that had blanketed our country and our world, the only thing that was going to erase that or dissolve that would be love. So, you know, that's, I realized that that book was written so that children of all ages, ourselves included, would know that no matter what's going on in their lives or in the world around them, how truly loved we are. And then fast forward to this year 2020, which in so many ways feels similar to what we experienced in 2001. Um, I had this book, and it's actually a book that my publisher had passed on years ago. And as many times as I nudged them, like, this book really needs to be in the world. (laughs) This is a good time for this book. Uh, My editor just kept not being interested. And Mm -hmm. I'm 
very grateful because I feel like I'm meant to go back to self-publishing this one. I was able to pick the illustrator that I wanted to work with, which does not happen mm-hmm. in the traditional publishing world. I want this book in the world now. And even though I hope to have it a little bit sooner, we're going to release it on May 1st, which is Global Love Day. Mm-hmm. I love the idea, you know, you refer to the pandemic and this global pandemic And a lot of people are just hoping for this year to be over. But what Mm -hmm. I've realized is that nothing's going to change at the stroke of midnight. (laughs) We say so. And how do we say so? Through our words, through our declarations, and then through our actions. And so I say we declare 2021 a year of love and we create a global phenomena of love. I'm with you. So the new book is no matter what, I love you. You are my sister. You are my brother. And I'll post a couple of pictures, Debbie, in your comments of the, we've almost got the cover done, but we're using real pictures of children from around the world. Um, The illustrator is originally from South Africa, and he supports an orphanage and children's home over there. Some of the children are from there. What, um, What happened in the in the slight editing of this book that I did since I submitted it so long ago to my publisher is that I changed the perspective of who the story is told from. And now the story is told from the perspective of the children. And I love that because I think it's time for us to listen. Inherently our children come into this world and they are love. It's, it's who it's the truth of who we all are. So I want to nurture the love that our children inherently are and represents for us adults the gift of love that can always dwells inside of us, inside of our heart. It is the truth of who we are. It's our wisdom. It's our genius. Um, so the, the book starts speaking up. The children asked what's going on in our nation. Seems our world is tuned to a bad news station. Have we forgotten how simple it can be? The world works when I love you and you love me. Sending it on the wings of a beautiful dove, the children shared their message of love. And then there's a bunch of phrases, one being, I love you no matter what music you listen to. I love you whether your favorite color is red, pink, or blue. I love you No matter the choices you make, I love you through all of the chances you take. I love you and all that makes you you. I love you, this I know is true. You are my sister. You are my brother. No matter what, I love you. And there's a whole slew of phrases that go with that. But it's one that I really, um, you know, hope will continue to open the hearts of people up to the power and magic and presence and gift of love. Oh, Laura, so beautiful. I'm, I'm so grateful that uh, we got to hear it in your voice, um, the, the lines of the book. I, I had some here, not, of course, the one that is coming out, but of I Love You More and, and just hearing it in your voice and, and giving it flow. I mean, you really are 
are living and breathing modern day new Dr. Seuss. You know, you you really understand the 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 truth of children. There's something I love. I got to meet Dr. Seuss, by the way. Oh, I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was a lucky girl. Um, that is one of the benefits of of being legally blind and and having special needs as a little kid is you you get to do some really neat stuff and you know I got to meet Danny Kay one of the neatest men ever mm-hmm. ever but Dr. Seuss you know what he did in La Jolla California he had all his shrubbery um, groomed trimmed whatever the word is yep. to f- uh, fulfill the likeness of his characters. Mm. <laughs> so you yeah. always knew where he was <laughs> yeah. you know it's so funny because I visited La Jolla and I'm like these are where Dr. Seuss's plants come from that I just never even knew existed the big puffy flowers yeah. and things I'm like yeah I thought he made them up but they lived there and I didn't know that he had a home there they right. live there yeah they live there and you're you're helping you're helping the heart Laura be ageless as we know it is, but we forget it is, and we forget how to speak through it and to lead with that message. Um, You are having tremendous impact today. We do have a question, and we do not have that much time, but I'm going to bring it on anyway. This is from Stacy, and she says, Thank you so much, Laura, for your speaking today. You're really touching my heart. I hope my nine-year-old son gets to meet you someday. What would be your advice? I have a child with autism who is very limited verbally. Sometimes I think there is a better way to communicate with him than with words. What do you think about letting him look at your books and come up with his own words? I hope this question isn't too personal, but I'm really grabbing at straws at times, and I trust you from this conversation. Oh, Stacy, bless you for writing in. Laura, any words for her? Thank you, Stacy. I know we only have a minute. Um, the children with autism have really taken to my book, especially I Love You More. Um, I encourage you to read it with them, but I love your idea of having them look at the pictures and come up with their own words. Um, What what I'm clear, what I feel in my heart is that our energy is so important. And that's what I think gets created with I Love You More. I'd almost lay the book down and just repeat the phrases and let them turn the pages. But it repeats I love you on every page and it has the word picture association and the big, uh, soft pastel pictures so um, I think that there's a real special connection, especially between I love you more and um, a child that um, has that nonverbal communication. So I know that in your heart, you know <laughs> that that's a wonderful mm-hmm. thing to do. And I have to agree. Let them, let them share their message that they see in it. Mm-hmm. 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 Thank you. Thank you that's so cool. much. Stacy. We only have a couple minutes here. Will you tell us how we can find you, follow you, or fund any of your campaigns? 
Yeah, we are doing a crowdfunding, an Indiegogo campaign for the new book, No Matter What I Love You. And I know, Debbie, that you've posted that in your newsletter, or you can go to Indiegogo and search my name, Laura Duxta, D-U-K-S-T-A, which is also on Debbie's site. And that's my website, lauraduxta.com. Follow me on Instagram and Facebook. That's where I am usually because I am not 140 characters. I'm more like three paragraphs. So um, I love (laughs) the only thing I can write short is children's books. Other than that, I have too much to say. (laughs) But um, I, I just really thank you, Debbie, for having me on and Eric for your help behind the scenes and everybody that's tuning in and listening wherever you are in the world. I love you um, no matter what. And we love you. And I, I love that you took time today to, you know, really dive into your heart and be prepared to share what's true for you. And uh, So many people sometimes come here with a bottle of nerves and I feel like we got the real girl. So thank you so much. <laughs> thank <laughs> thank you. you so much for being here. So we've been talking with Laura Duxta, D-U-K, S-T-A, lauraduxta.com. I'm getting behind her campaign, and I know you would like to as well. Next week, I will be back for another live show. I want to thank you, my friends, for tuning in today. Find me on every single podcast place you can think of. And until next Thursday, namaste. Namaste.